Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to the Schmooze Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Mindel Cohen. Mindel is the Yiddish Book Center's Director of Translation and Collections Initiative and the editor of the recently published 2020 Pocken Traeger Translation Issue, Yiddish Comes to America. Welcome. Hi. Good to be here with you. Great to be here with you virtually, although I, again, will say can't wait to be with you back under the same roof. Yeah, more <laughs> um, exciting to get to record in the recording studio than just staring at my laptop. Um, oh, that's, yeah, that's true. Um, and it's, and yeah, and the sound quality is so interesting on all of these re- remote <laughs> recordings because we all have different kinds of devices that we're speaking into. Right. But anyway, um, very eager to talk to you about this new uh, and Traeger digital translation, our annual digital translation issue, um, mm-hmm. and it is themed to Yiddish comes to America. So can you talk a little bit about the theme of this, which I know, um, and our listeners might be interested to learn about, is really tied to the Yiddish Book Center's Decade of Discovery, which we launched this year in conjunction with the Center's 40th anniversary. And each year we'll be doing a Decade of Discovery theme. This year the theme is Coming to America Cultural Encounters. So how does this tie to that? And I'll let you answer that question. Yeah, for the for the last few years now, um, we've chosen a theme for the digital translation issue. Um, and this year, it just seemed like a really natural fit to, to connect to this important topic of, of immigration and specifically immigration experience in the United States that the Yiddish Book Center is highlighting through the Decade of Discovery programming. And obviously, here, here in the United States, Yiddish is a, a literature and a language of immigrants. So it's a really major area for Yiddish literature um, that, you know, it's nice to get to highlight through these, through these new translations that, you know, they, they both bring us new work by really well-known Yiddish authors, American Yiddish authors, and some of the pieces highlight writers that I think of, you know, that we're rediscovering through translation that, that scholars and readers are, are finding and, and making us aware of again through translation. So we're discovering some, you know, not new, but we're rediscovering American Yiddish voices through this translation issue. And I was just, I, I, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, Mendel. I was just thinking, you know, especially when we talk about Yiddish literature in the United States, it really is a literature of immigrants. And that's something that's unique about Yiddish in the U.S., um, even compared to Yiddish in Canada or in Mexico or South America, Australia, other places that Jews immigrated to in the 20th century, because the, the pressure to assimilate linguistically was so strong in the U.S., the pressure to start speaking English and to become American that by and large, the the people who kept writing in Yiddish in the U.S. were immigrants. You know, already their children often did not write in Yiddish, even if they had some education in it. And that's different from, you know, places like Canada and Mexico, where there was a bit more continuity for Yiddish into the second generation. So there's really a a strong tie between... um, the writing of immigrants in the United States and Yiddish literature in the United States, they're really closely connected. 
it's so interesting to read through the collection, and I'll get back to sort of how it came together. But you really do get a picture of what some of those challenges are, and it would be interesting to talk a little bit about the span of the work. Uh, You know, some of it is early um, in terms of immigration to the States, and some of it obviously later. But those issues that these writers grapple with and the language that they brought with them it becomes so integrated in the work um, in this collection in terms of how they're grappling with issues of language um, and then the other associated things, uh, dress, assimilation, right. encounters with new people, customs, religion, homesickness. But all of this plays out in their native language, obviously, which is Yiddish, and mm-hmm. speaks to so many of these challenges. Yeah, t- two of the pieces come to mind that, that address this. One is we have this wonderful essay by Isaac Basheva Singer um, that's titled here Immigration. And it's really recounting his arrival, his very first day uh, in New York. Um, but one of the things he starts to worry about is he sees some women on the street, Jewish women, they're in a Jewish neighborhood, they're Yiddish speakers but there's already something so different about them to him. And he starts to worry, or he remembers worrying, that even though they speak the same language, it's not the same Yiddish anymore. That his Yiddish, this European, Polish Yiddish, and all of the kind of cultural experience that's reflected in that is already so different from their Americanness and their American Yiddish. Um, and that kind of issue comes up in a few of the other pieces where, um, you know, a younger immigrant meets some cousins who've been in the U.S. for a little while already, or maybe they were born in the U.S. And they speak some Yiddish because their parents do, but it's already so different. It has so much English in it, and it's just become its own thing that even when they're speaking the same language, they have a feeling that they're not speaking the same language and that's, you know, symbolizing, right, the, the different culture that, that those languages represent. It's, um, it's interesting that you mentioned the singer piece to start off with here, mm-hmm. um, because I highlighted a couple of lines um, from different pieces that I liked. And, yeah, Singer writes, I was frightened not only by the idea that they distorted my language, but also by the fact that I would not know how to write about them. How do I identify my people the way I did in Warsaw? And he goes on, I would have no names for the clothes or shoes they wore, their gestures, for the things that they're saying and the way that they said them, a mixture of irony and boastfulness, self-assurance and complaints. Um, it, it's so interesting that he's yeah. grappling with that. How, how, do, how do I convey this in, an, in a language that I'm accustomed to, in a place that I used to write about, and how do I transform that here in the new land? It's just um, and it, it also came out in the story, um, and forgive me, it was Obatoshu's about the, um, the whole sort of tension in terms of language and teaching. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we have a, a really interesting excerpt from a novel by um, Joseph Obatoshu. Um, the novel has actually just been published in, an, in a new English translation. It's called Hebrew. The translator is Shulamit Berger, um, and she was a, a participant in our translation fellowship. So this this excerpt comes from that novel that was all part of her fellowship. And yeah, it's a whole novel about um, language teachers, about Hebrew school teachers, 
uh, in New York in the you know, early 20th century. And this little section is uh, basically a school board meeting in which they're debating whether it makes sense to teach in Hebrew, to teach you know, American Jewish kids in Hebrew, or should they be teaching in English or should they be teaching in Yiddish? And it plays out all of those anxieties and tensions about how these languages represent something about Jewish identity and what makes sense to do in the new context of, of life in the United States. It's interesting. It's, it may be safe to say, I mean, I think so much writing probably has a writer in it, whether it's autobiographical or not, it's based on experience and observation. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me in many of these pieces, the immigrant slash writer, um, is writing from something of a reserve. Um, they're both outsider, they're observer, and in many of these instances, it's a way for us to get a window into what that experience was like, um, and you know the associated tensions, the associated excitement. I mean, the, you know Coney Island, where he, um, that piece, mm-hmm. you know the excitement, and also the, the strangeness of encountering all of this. I wonder if you can speak a little bit about that in terms yeah. of these pieces. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and I'll, I'll just say if people are interested, so the story you mentioned is called The First Trip to Coney Island. The writer is Sam Lipson, and it's translated by Zeke Levine, and yeah, it's a you know story of a recent immigrant being taken to Coney Island for the first time by his extended American family. Um, but I think your, your question gets to something really interesting, which is, you know, who was reading all of these works when they came out originally in Yiddish, who were the authors writing them for and how were they read? And one of the things that interests me about that is, I think it probably is both other recent immigrants here in the United States who, you know, want to see their experience reflected and are, you know, building a communal understanding of what is this like for us? What is life like in the new country and what are the challenges we're facing? But probably a really big audience for a lot of these stories um, were also Jews who were still in Europe, who who hadn't immigrated, who remained. There's that whole kind of mythos of of America, of die goldene Medina, the the golden land. And so people back home, you know, in the the Alterheim, are, are reading these stories to understand something about this massive change in Jewish life, which is, you know, the hundreds of thousands and millions of people who were leaving Europe and Eastern Europe and, and coming to the United States. So you can imagine these stories being read both by people who are going through very similar things and by people who are trying to imagine and understand, you know, what their family and neighbors are experiencing in this new country. And I Love how that sort of plays out that um, the distance of an ocean, um, mm-hmm. as it were, in some of the exchanges that um, we read in the letters that you've included in here, um, because right. you're you're on both sides of the ocean um, dealing with relationships. Yeah, there are two pieces that end up. They're both stories, or I guess one is an excerpt from a novella and one is a story that are told through letters, 
which is also interesting for us because last year's <laughs> translation issue theme was correspondence and it was all about letter writing. And now we see this year that, you know, that that carries over into this topic of immigration. So there's a um, story by Sarah Hammer Jacqueline called Letters translated by Miranda Cooper. And it's a young woman on a boat. Um, actually, she's going to South America. She's going to Rio de Janeiro from New York. And she's kept these letters from this man who basically was leading her on for years and years. And she's got this box of letters and she's trying to come to terms with getting rid of them um, as a symbol of, you know, moving on to a new life and, and moving past this person. Um, but the letters have come from all over the world as the two of them have, have traveled as either their immigration experience or he travels for work. So the letters are coming from all these different locations, you know, of the Jewish world of the 20th century. Um, and another piece, an, an excerpt from a novella called Judith by Miriam Karpilov, that's translated by Jessica Kierzane, that whole novella is epistolary. It's told through letters um, from a, a young woman to her lover in Europe. And, and this section that we've published is about the moment that she comes to the United States and he stays behind. And, and just as you say, Lisa, they, through the letters, we, you know, see that growing distance of, you know, first the travel in Europe to get to the port, to get to the boat and, and then crossing the ocean and, you know, the feeling of the added time that it takes for their letters to get to one another and the miscommunication that, that comes through that distance but trying to maintain a relationship um, through those letters is, is a really powerful demonstration of this immigration experience. So the way that um, our annual translation anthology comes together is that you put out a call for submissions, and that goes to our cohort of translation fellows as well as translators you know, who are there that we have other relationships with. Mm -hmm. And it's always an interesting process, I imagine. And in this case, were you surprised by what you received? Yeah, I mean, it's this is the second year I've gotten to work on the issue. So um, I think it's just been wonderful both years how many translators have pieces that are just perfect for these themes that we find, that there are so many great examples from Yiddish literature, most of the time, these are things that people have already been translating. They don't translate them specifically for us or for our call, I don't think. They think about something that they've translated and they think, oh, that's perfect for the theme of coming to America or that's perfect for the theme of correspondence. So there's something exciting about that because it's an example of how much great translation from Yiddish is going on that there is so much work to draw from. And I feel like any interesting theme that, that we could propose, some of these translators would, would have something interesting for it. So that's really encouraging, I think, about the work that's going on in Yiddish translation. And, and it's true, like you say, so, so many of the pieces come from people who've participated in the translation fellowship, which is incredibly rewarding to see. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine former translation fellows contributed 
to this issue of, of 15. And it's not because we pick them and we don't pick other people. You know, we, um, we take all of the submissions we get from everyone, but they're just our, that group of people is, is really so active in their translation work and um, is eager to share that, that work through these, this great publication venue. And, and as you say, it's, I mean, it's always interesting. We've been doing these themed issues. Um, before, we were lucky enough to have you jump on board with us, Mindel. Um, and, you know, travel was one a few years before and stuff. And it's funny because, you, you know, you throw that out there. And as you say, it's like you have no idea that this stuff exists. You hope because you're curious and you think, okay, it would be really fun to, like, let's see what we can get with this theme. Like, letter writing was just fascinating um, when you did that last year. And uh, the chance to put the, put this work together under sort of one, you know, between two covers, as it were, mm-hmm. um, it's such a lovely opportunity and that this work is out there but hasn't really sort of been shared with readers is always exciting. Um, so you think, okay, here's a theme. Then you're rewarded by the fact that you get all these amazing submissions. And mm-hmm. most of this work, as you say, is not commissioned work. It's really existing out there. Um, and then the way it comes together within an issue, I think, is fascinating. It just works. Yeah. No, certainly, you know, one of the the kind of fun final pieces that I, and I'll, I'll mention, I worked on this with Abigail Weaver, who's one of our year-long fellows who's been working on translation initiatives. So to me, it felt like kind of the the cherry on the Sunday at the end is when we have all of the pieces and they're edited and we're preparing the issue to think about the order to present them to people, um, which feels a little bit less concrete in the in the digital world than, um, you know, a physical book, but there's still something really um, pleasurable to think about, you know, how to order arrange these pieces to help draw out some of the themes and the connections between them and to move between the different genres that are in the issue, poetry and short story and novel and essay, um, to move between, you know, some of the more serious works that really take on the challenging side of immigration to some that are really lighthearted and and very funny Mm -hmm. kind of takes on it. So you know, that's one of those, the little kind of secret pleasures that we as editors get, we get to put, bring these works together and, and think about how they're going to flow and, and how you get to present them to people. Um, and when done well, which you did, um, pacing in, in the publishing is such a great thing. And these do, you move from one story to the next and, and you get some like Goldberg's um, piece mm-hmm. was for me really raw and terms of what, again, I want to attach the word somewhat autobiographical. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get the sort of like fun pieces where, again, you've got a writer talking about the encounter with clothes or relatives, you know, and being a greenhorn and, you know, what's that first ride from the boat to where you're going? And it's also sort of exciting and strange and, you know, in some disdain <laughs> they have disdain for it and they have they embrace it etc so you've done a really beautiful job of weaving that together as it were yes thank you no yeah it's it's one of the you know pleasures of you know when you're editing you're reading and rereading these works the same as the translators you get to know them in a really different way and then it's really enjoyable to to see how people engage with them um and hopefully enjoy them and and 
encounter new things and, you know, find common experiences from their family stories. So it's wonderful to get to share these. Um, it's a not a fair question to ask you, but I will. Um, maybe, uh, I don't want to say, is there <laughs> one piece that really speaks to you or one piece that you read that sort of, in a way, pulled it all together? Well, I'll, yeah, I'll say one of the things that ended up being kind of the nicest surprise, which I, I actually write about in the introduction to the issue, is two different translators submitted um, translations of poems by Aaron Glantz Leilis. And um, they're both poems. Leilis has a collection called America und Ich, America and I. So it's no surprise that you know, translators thought of that collection when we put out this call. Um, but the two different poems that, that these two different translators sent are so different. I think they're really, they show different styles of Lailis's writing and his relationship to being in America. Um, and the translators both had really different styles. You know, they took really different approaches in, in bringing those poems into English. And that was just such a pleasure to see that these two very different English poems um, coming from the same Yiddish writer, the same collection, but it made sense, you know, because the poems were engaging with that experience of immigrating uh, in such different ways. So in the end, we, we bookended the volume with those poems. Um, the, the one at the start is by a current translation fellow uh, Ollie Elkis, who's who's also quite young, and the one at the end, translated by Zachary Schollenberger, who's very well-known and well-respected translator and poet. So there was also something wonderful about that of showing the kind of um, diversity in this in this growing community of translators that that we got to represent through that work, and it shows off a little bit of you know what the craft of translation is to see how two different people approach work by the same author. So that's, that was something I really enjoyed and I hope people will start at the beginning and read the first poem and read straight through and enjoy the final poem and, and think, about, um, think about that kind of journey between the, those two poems by one author, but in these different translations. So um, the book, the collection is uh, 2020. Puck and Traeger digital translation issue, Yiddish Comes to America, and it is uh, available on our website, yiddishbookcenter.org, uh, and just Google, uh, search for Puck and Traeger in the language, literature, and culture section. Um, and it will also be available as an ebook on all of the various e-platforms, which I won't um, tell people what they are. You know what you how, what reader you choose. Um, and those links will be, again, on our website um, if you want to download the ebook, which we hope you will. Um, and I also will say, Mindel, we, can we make a plug also that we've just released Warsaw Stories, a translation of um, Hirsch David Nomberg's work, translated by Daniel Kennedy, and it just came out as an ebook two days ago, Warsaw Stories, and that's also available um, on all the different platforms through our e-readers. So we're excited that we've got some options for people who aren't able to get out to read them at the store in mm -hmm. a book form. <laughs> yeah, um, and 
Mindel, you will be hosting one of our virtual public programs on Thursday, June 11th at 7 p.m. Maybe just speak a little bit about that program. Yeah, we're, we're going to be speaking about this translation issue, but um, what we're going to do there is, is feature some short readings of different works um, from, the, from the volume. So uh, if this conversation has got you interested, uh, coming to that program will be a great opportunity to get more of a taste of the different pieces in the issue and, and we'll dive into some more discussion of you know, the themes and the questions that, that come out of it. And, you know, the, the bigger topic of, um, you know, why it's important to be translating Yiddish literature into English and, and what we can learn and enjoy from reading it. Great. And, and for our listeners who would like to participate in that uh, program, YiddishBookCenter.org backslash events, and you can register. It's a, a Zoom event, which puts you in our, as I like to say, virtual theater, uh, where you can ask questions uh, following the uh, presentation and the reading, and um, it will also stream live on Facebook. So, Mindel, thanks so much uh, for a really great uh, collection, um, and it was uh, absolute luxury to read it all together um, in one sitting, as you say, um, because it paces so well. It really, you kind of want to keep going. So, yeah, thank uh, you for all of your work to help to help bring it out into the world. Um, well. That was a pleasure. Um, so again, uh, the Pock and Trigger issue, uh, the digital translation issue, Yiddish or comic <laughs> Yiddish comes to America. Sorry, we've got a lot of different titles out there. Um, uh, is available on the website and also for e-readers. So I look forward to uh, conversation to your presentation on June 11th and to being back under the same roof with you. Take yeah. care. Soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. For more on Yiddish and Jewish culture, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. Today's podcast was coordinated by Sam Brivik and produced by Sarah Blakefeld. Be well, be healthy, and tune in again soon. Mm-hmm.